Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than Corey and Topanga. Where this boy meets world. My name's Ash Rose. I'm your guide as we go on another walk down memory lane and that wonderful world of 1990s football. Hope you're well and Again, I hope everyone is safe and trying to get through this crazy, crazy time here, which is obviously on lockdown, or is it? I don't know, given the latest instructions from the government. Who knows what we are allowed to not allowed to do anymore? But we here at Alive and Kickin', we know what we're allowed to do, and that is take you on a nostalgic trip to when football was more fun. And today we're doing that same thing, but we're not, of course, the only ones doing that right now. You may have seen... Yesterday, because as I record this on Tuesday, the 12th of May, that ITV have gone all retro on us as well. And they're doing Euro 96 Relived. There's even a blooming hashtag emoji for it, which is probably the greatest emoji I've ever seen. The logo. I don't know if I've ever said this. Maybe I said it on the Euro 96 pods that we did back in the day. I put them on Twitter yesterday. Go into the archive. There was two parts to that. Brilliant shows. But the logo to Euro 96 is so iconic. So brilliant as well with the little lines that make up and the spots of primary colours and the and the typeface. Oh, but that's what the emoji is and it's really gave me goosebumps just seeing it. Um, they started their coverage yesterday showing the Somewhat difficult match to watch, really. England-Switzerland, it's not a great game of football. Um, Shearer's goal was fantastic, so is Ince's assist. Um, but outside of that and possibly the one of the sort of naffest opening ceremonies, there's not a lot going on. And I th- the trouble is Euro 96. Um, I said it in a tweet last night on my own account, at Ashrose UK, if you want to follow me yourself, that it was such a special time. It was a summer that I wish I could plug into because the vibe, the feeling was amazing. The music, the TV, we, we say it all the time. Um, but I think there is a slight 90s rose-tinted glasses when it comes to the tournament. Um, some of the games weren't great. Um, I will watch as much, much as I can on the ITV hub. Uh, I watched Bulgaria versus Spain earlier on today. So I will watch them, but some of the games don't probably but I think that's the same with with a lot of tournaments like Italian 90 is very defensive um as we discussed with um Mark and Matthew a, few, a couple of episodes ago so but go back and watch some snippets of it because you're in 96 magical time and it's great to have some football to watch um during lockdown um speaking of lockdown we today have given you something to do a little challenge that went a bit wrong <laughs> as you'll find out um we kind of sort of spun off the back of Kara's challenge, his original one. I don't know if you've seen these going around the internet where he's given you a certain criteria uh, for an 11 and then you have to pick them. Some of them are, are very hard. Some of them are slightly easier. I think the newer one's got something to do with letters. That's not my bag. But his original one, which we explained the rules on the pod, but basically you had to pick an 11 where no two players could have played in the same team throughout their career, not even at the same time, and are not from the same country. Um... There was a little bit of confusion during the three of us, which is all added to the hilarity of that because we had to rearrange this part about three or four times due to a number of reasons, but we still kind of got the premise wrong, which we'll see. But it made it even more fun because now you've got two challenges. Um, I'll let you find out just what they are as you listen to the show today. Um, we also have a little chat um, about football kit manufacturers, thanks to an email from a, a fan of the show, which you'll get to in due course. Um there's also a snippet on this, a little tease, because we've got some great episodes um, coming up that we're planning at the moment as well. So do keep abreast of what's going on on Twitter, at AK90s. Um, I will try and update the Instagram feed a bit more as well, at AK90s pod. Um, so much to time and so little things to do, or the other way around, you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, keep 
following us and keeping the nice comments going. It's a great interaction. We did a Euro 96 day ourselves yesterday on the Twitter feed uh, where we posted a load of pictures and memorabilia and things like that. So, yeah, anything you've got lying around in your loft, as I always say, stick it on Twitter. A lot of Corinthian love going on. I don't know if people have got to lo- go into lockdown, gone into lofts because there's nothing else to do and find all their old Corinthians. But all I keep seeing on, on the Twitter feed is loads of Corinthian figures, which is amazing. Um, it means I've bought a few more from a few collectors as well, which thanks, guys, but really, it's not helping me bank balance. Um, go back and listen to our Corinthian episode as well in the archive. That's great. We talk about um, some of the great figures from that collection. Um, and talking to collections as well. Go on, I'm going off on so many little tangents here. We're doing a collection... Uh, episode where we talk about binder collections Proset, Orbis that's also in the works as well so stay tuned to the Twitter feed for all that um, but now let's get into it let's pick our lockdown 11s we're locking down an 11 get it that's the name of the title of the show yeah well enjoy it keep it 90s sit back and enjoy a nostalgic ride through the decade that truly changed the face of football If the 90s are now retro, then it's time for a celebration. Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. Hello, welcome back to Alive and Kicking. And it's all nice and cosy because all three of us are back in the same room for the first time since... I can't even remember us. Yes, my name's Ash Rose. Joining me once again in this 90s look back... He is a social media entrepreneur. Oh, there's a new word for you. Um, and Borough Boy. I know, I thought that. Borough Boy, as we know. Janino fan club, all that, all the big intro. Joel Young, how you doing, Joel? I'm all right. Janino was on the television the other night. In the top 10 foreigners on the... Yeah, did we did we talk about this? I can't remember. No, I, don't I, got very, no, I don't think we I got have. very, very excited to see Janino on the television. But then on uh, Match of the Day, they just talked about Mirandinha for five of the minutes. Then they were meant to be talking about Janino, uh, which I wasn't very impressed with. But, you know, yeah. you got to mention... I met, I saw that and I thought that... Did Gary Lineker set that up as a plant? Because it's like, he said, oh, he's the first Brazilian blah, blah, blah to play in the North East. And it's like, well, everyone remembers Merendinha. Like, Merendinha, yeah. So, yeah, I, I yeah and then... And she yeah, went into yeah. raptures about Mirandinha, so yeah. Yeah, and then they talk about Spreer as well, didn't they, at some point, which was, yeah, I know. Where yeah, was he? He was quite low down, wasn't he, Janine? He was in the kind of... Well, five, he was in the, t- in the top ten, but he wasn't in yeah. the top five, I don't think, no. No, it was still nice. Still nice to hear his name. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, the Ballon d'Or one was good this past week as well. Um, I quite watched it. If you get used to the smugness of the three of them together. Um, there's no smugness <laughs> here, though, with me, Joel, and writer... I'm going to call you entrepreneur as well. Writer and author... For many plethora outfits, uh, Mr. Matthew Christ. How you doing, Matthew? How's your Ian Walker haircut? Oh, it's getting there. It's it's more Ian Woe now than Ian Walker, I think. Oh, uh, if we're <laughs> going to stick to 90s references, I mean, it's it's right there. Warren Barton. It will probably be oh, Warren Barton oh, oh. by July, I think. I tell you what, watching watching England versus Switzerland yesterday on ITV4, more curtains than Laura Ashley on that. <laughs> what a turgid game of football that was. I, I'd, forgotten, I'd forgotten that the equaliser came so late. I'd yeah, completely yeah. forgotten that. Yeah. I'd, forgotten, I'd forgotten about Bob Wilson on ITV. Yeah, I'd that's, forgotten, that's what I'd we forgotten were about, about Alex Ferguson being a pundit. Uh, I'd forgotten about lots of things that were happening on there. It looked like it, it looked like it was coming from the 1970s with the with the drill band and you know the army band and all that business before the match. You wouldn't get that now. 
No, it's you know we we think about it as a well we talk about it all the time on this podcast but yeah I mean we're going on 30 years ago I uh, emailed now what's the word tweeted about the 1990 cup final this morning and that was 30 years ago and 30 kind of years stuck. ago and I think someone tweeted back going is that 30 years ago and it's like yep we're that old people <laughs> um, but no it's good I mean I'll, I'll probably mention this in the intro about the Euro 96 relived I like the idea but I think a lot of people will find that the tournament has a lot of dull duds in the well, athlete. half the England, England, Holland is very good fun. Yeah. England, Scotland is good fun. England, Spain is horrible. Should have lost as well, in fairness. Spain played brilliantly that day. Yeah. Uh, and England, you know, Germ- the Germany game is the Germany game. But um, th- yeah, there's definitely some whoppers in there. Is there a game on today? Is, uh, I've just, just showing- watched uh, Bulgaria, Spain, which I think is no. the one that's settled by a penalty, I think, off the top of my head. So. Okay. Um, but Matthew, you tweeted about Keegan and Ferguson. Did you not remember that either? Oh, yeah, I remember that. I, d- I did remember they they kind of built them into the ITV's coverage, didn't they? They had uh, billboards up before the tournament, how they'd got the two together. Because, I mean, bear in mind, this was only weeks after that infamous sort of uh, rant. I know they never came head to head physically. Um, it was done sort of through the media, but they obviously had to exchange words. And then it seemed incredible just a few weeks later that they were heading up ITV's coverage i mean ferguson was a sort of a pundit which i don't, I don't think i've ever seen him do that role before or I, I, never, I never remembered him doing that I, I was so surprised to see him there i just really couldn't remember it yeah, yeah. and i knew Pete keegan was there kind of number two they, they liked him as a as a uh, color commentator didn't they so it was a it was a it was a real coup and it was a classic piece of itv kind of uh you know they like to push the boundaries for these tournaments don't they and um they like yeah. to play the showbiz card yeah, yeah. they do and i i've always wax lyrical about that i mean bbc were always very well i won't say boring but you know very straight laced set, set in their ways straight face you know they loved dares and they loved jimmy and they all that kind of stuff but um i like the fact that itv would would take something like this and and take two of the well, the top two managers in the country at the time who'd had a, a bit of a spat and then what six weeks later they were on the same broadcasting team i thought it was great um um yeah, and it was as it was as good as I remember watching it back yesterday. I, I don't think I'm going to watch every every match, obviously. But um, although I'm saying that, there's not much else to do. But um, <laughs> I do, yeah, I did enjoy. It. I, I think I remember more than Joel did. I mean, it seemed like Joel, I think you must have been enjoying yourself that summer, Joel, rather than watching. <laughs> well, I've, I've told the story before, haven't I? That after that game, and I texted this to my friends last night. But after that game, I drunkenly climbed up on my friend's shed roof and fell off and landed oh, on a yes, plaster and, and yes, killed yeah, it. Yeah. So, like, she sent me, I said, oh, that's on ITV. I'm going to do this afterwards. And she just sent me a message back going, you wanker. <laughs> it's like, you still haven't sorted us out. <laughs> it was 24 years ago. I'm not going to do it now, am I? Um, I'll try and watch yeah. some of the games. But I think, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of games in a small space of time that I've seen, you know, 25 years ago. And But there, there's some chance. And the graphics were great. I mean, I tweeted last night about that, that summer and the feeling. I still stand by it, but... You have, to, you have to be in it, don't you, in that summer in 1996 to really feel it. Watching, I find watching games back of any era, like whole games, like I can watch highlights of the cows come home, but watching a lot of night, watching 90 minutes, I think I very rarely watch games back in a, as a whole. I yeah. think I think the broadcasting for me would be more interesting than the football yes. the presentation. I'm glad they did yes. it um, yes. yeah. as they did. I thought they might have a studio or I thought somebody current might present the game and then they would cut just to the coverage. But I'm glad they're actually from what we saw in the first game, actually showing it as is. And if they do yeah, that... they're literally I just think, showing it, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, that would be of interest to me, just to see 
who was on it, who the pundits are, the presentation. Well, I mean, like we said, like we said about Bob Wilson, you know, and, I, and then I just remembered the whole story that Bob Wilson had left the BBC so he could finally get a, a, a gig presenting the whole business. And then about two years later, Bob Wilson, uh, Des Island followed him to ITV and that was the end of that. Yeah, yeah. he's not... Uh... Bob's all right. He's a bit safe, though, isn't he? He's, he that, kind of sum, that kind of summed up his career, though, didn't it? I mean, he was always yeah. a, in the shadows of Dez, and then he was a, you know, he was a number two to Jimmy Hill, wasn't he, on Match of the Day? He was the kind of roundup guy. So even when he had his moment in the in the sunshine, he uh, it didn't last long. It's a little bit like um, Jake Humphrey going to BT Sport, and then they got Gary Lineker in to do the Champions League coverage, and they and kind of said, "Yeah, cheers, Jake. You can you can go over there now and do the Premier League stuff on your own." It's a little bit bringing it to modern day, which I don't normally do, but just made me think of that because I like Jake. Could be, worse. Could, it could be worse. It could be Tim loves you and you couldn't have a job there at all. Yes. <laughs> oh, Tim. Your mate, Tim. My mate, um, Tim. Yeah. Your mate, Tim. Um, so you've got new hair, as we said. Joel, you've got a beard. Yeah, I've got so a beard. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a very good beard, but it's there nonetheless. Yeah, so that's how your lockdowns are going. So we've, we're throwing that theme into the mix today because it's kind of, I suppose this won't be... It's, a slightly, it's not it's slightly different. We're not got a massive theme we're talking about, but you may have seen on the internet going around just to keep people entertained in this weird and wonderful world that well, not wonderful at all, but weird world we're looking and living in at the moment. Um, Kara's challenge, I think he's calling it quite apt at the moment, um, where he's picking 11s with certain rules. I think the last, the latest one he's done has got something to do with the letters following each other, which for me, that's not football. That's just, that's no, I don't do that. That's just, I think that's, a puzzle. that's a word puzzle. Yeah, I, I, I think you're over egging the pudding on that one. So I like football. I don't like countdown. Actually, I do quite yeah. like countdown. It's like those, just... when you go to football quizzes and they go, you know, what's the, what's the team where you can't colour in the letters or what's the only team that's got a J in their name? It's like, Bull no. City. Bull City is the only team that you can't yeah. colour in a letter. I know the answers, but I'm just saying <laughs> the questions I'm, that get on my nerves. And uh, yeah, and St. Johnston is the only team that's got a J in their in their name as well in the in the football in the English and Scottish leagues but still yeah I, I like picking and doing quizzes that are solely based on football so his original 11 we are going to do with we've all done the three of us I actually had to change mine this morning because I missed a, a glaring error on a certain individual playing for a team I've completely forgot that he played for which put an absolute bulb bomb in my team like to completely re kind of jig around but I think I've done it now because um, it's actually harder than you think um how, I mean, before we reveal the, the twist, which you already know if you know Kara's Challenge, how did you guys, Joe, I know you, you at one point you were finding this quite hard to, to bring together, weren't you? What I did was I, I started off with three, okay, and obviously one of them's very obvious. Yeah, it's <laughs> mine as well, yeah. <laughs> and, and then I kind of built around that, and then you get to like two or three at the end, and you've kind of got to cheat, and you've got to think about countries, and you've got to think yeah. about teams, and all the rest of it. But as I was talking to Matthew about the other day, if you look at one club men, you might yeah, be all right. The key. That's the key. I've got, I think I've got three in mine. So yeah, he, he gave me that piece of wisdom after I'd picked my team, and then <laughs> I realised I'd made a glaring error. Although... I'm not sure how glaring it was, as we'll find out. But um, okay. I had a load of one man, one club men. I thought, and then I realised one of them had gone somewhere in the late '90s, oh. maybe early 2000s, and I yeah. had ripped the whole thing up and start again. I know I, it was the loan spells that done me. Like I didn't realise a certain couple of players had loan spells at clubs, and I was like, "You bastard!" So, <laughs> I said, I, I sent a text to Matthew just saying. So many people going on loan to Southampton for like one <laughs> and two games. Absolutely ruined me about six times. I got, into Milan. Be... I got getting into Milan. That's the one I, every time I tried to find someone to fit in, I was like, oh no, they bloody played for Inter Milan. So 
Yeah, yeah. but there could, be a chance, there, there could be a chance that some of these actually have. I mean, uh, we're not guaranteed, have we? I mean, we haven't we haven't uh, gone over these and marked them. I mean, we could be. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm expected to be getting told off at some point. Oh, yes, yeah. it's, it's, I did yeah. this with um with my friends on a Zoom call the other week. Um, there wasn't a '90s rule put in, but just a general, which is what the um um basis is on and within three players i just went no mate no move on he'd got it wrong so it, it's easy to do. basically what the rule is you have to pick an 11 um but no no players can be from the same nation or have ever played for the same club not at the same time but any point in their career so they were the that's the original cara challenge i believe from jamie carragher and this but we've given it an even bigger sort of slant by saying they have to have played in the 1990s so they could have played in the 80s and the 2000s as well but they must have had at least kicked a ball and if we're picking the best they should have had some sort of say quite big say in the 1990s so we're going to go position by position it'd be interesting to see if we pick the same sort of players and how we've linchpinned joe and i know where you've sent a draw on already i knew that before you even said it yeah, um, but that start then as is, as is apt with goalkeepers go on matthew kick us off who did you pick in goal uh, well, I wanted to try, kind of keep some credits in the bank, really. So I thought I'd try and find someone from a rather obscure nation. Well, not obscure, but um, not one of the, the the main nations that you think of. And somebody who was a pretty much a one-club man, which I think he was. But I went for Ludek McClosko, West Ham and Czech Republic. Thank you, Pierre. If you've got any one of these players, keep that's knackered you already. But no, good one. Yeah, Ludek McClosko. Yeah, I mean, Famously remembered for costing United the league in uh, yes U five saving what ten one on ones from Andy Cole but um, you know he's forgiven he's forgiven so he's in this side but like you say I'd completely forgotten he played for QPR so now I'm frantically <laughs> looking down my team I doubt you've got anyone else who played for QPR really in that era um, mm. he was good for us. He was very good for us, actually, um, in that sh- a very short spell. And then he went, I think he went back to West Ham. Massive bloke. Huge goalkeeper. Really felt, um, you know, filled the goal. He's no Jan Stasekel, who was the first big Czech goalkeeper that we had in that same year. God, I could have picked him. Damn it. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, I couldn't. No, I couldn't. No, hang on. I couldn't. Oh, um, who's your goalkeeper then, Joel? Well, I've picked at least three players that caused me personal massive pain <laughs> at some point in my life. And uh, this, the goalkeeper is one of them, uh, Casey Keller of, uh, yeah, uh, Leicester, Millwall. Yeah. Um, Is he playing for Tottenham? Oh, God, was he at Tottenham? You didn't follow your own advice there. What was this about one club, man? No, later on I get into that. Don't worry about that. Have you screwed yourself already by Tottenham? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I might be able to change it really quickly while we're doing okay. things. So that, uh, that might go right. We might get away with that. But yeah, always kind of did a good job. One of those underrated, solid pair of hands, I suppose you'd say, wouldn't you? And uh, yeah, caused me great misery. One of the sort of wrath of American goalkeepers we had at that sort of time, wasn't he? With sort of, you know, only Tim Howard came later, but there was Brad Friedel, Jurgen Sommer at QPR. There seems to be the. The whole I think bunch. There was an ex- there was a sort of Americans can't play football, but maybe they're all right with their hands. With their hands, yeah. They can throw a ball. They've been taught to do that. Um, yeah. I went pretty left field because, like you, Matthew, to get some credit in the bank and to make sure that I wouldn't clash at any point, although I almost did slightly, which I'll get to. 
later on. So I've gone for one of the stars of the 1994 World Cup and the owner of the greatest goalkeeping kit of all time, George Campos of Mexico. Oh, right. Okay. So somebody who obviously is well more for the kits and the fact that he played up front and scored. I was going to write this down, but scored some goals for Mexico in his career. I always remember I had the upper deck playing card and playing cards, trading cards um, for that World Cup, obviously. And he, um, I didn't score for Mexico. I think he, he, he did play up front. He scored for Atlante, his Mexican team. I thought he'd actually score for Mexico. Um, but yeah, his card had one side was him in his goalkeeping kit, and then the other side was him playing for Mexico in um, like the normal green top. So yeah, one of the first goalkeepers to to do that, I think. Um, I did dabble as well, keeping it left field with um, Chalabert of Paraguay. He was the free kicks goal scoring goalkeeper um, during sort of ninety eight. But I thought that was a bit too left field because to be honest, I didn't even know he was that good of a goalkeeper. Campos was pretty decent and a good decent career in America and Mexico. So I've gone. That was mine. So we've got Velasco, Keller, and Campos for the okay. That's I said it's a good start. Let's see how we get on with the back four then. Um I'll start with you then, Joel, this time. Uh where are we going? Left back? Um well just yeah, because I've kind of my defenders are pretty interchangeable, but go on. Well yeah. my well my four are Mark Fish, South Africa. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. <laughs> this is the he was one left back was one that I struggled with. Uh <laughs> Yap Stam. Good. Uh, Roland Nielsen, our favourite, who we always pull out of the bag. It's Mr. Consistent, yeah. Uh, yeah, who we always pull out of the bag days like this. Gary Kelly of Leeds. Yes. So that's where I went with mine. Obviously, South African, Netherlands, Sweden, Ireland, respectively. But I think Lazio's going to throw a spanner in my works down the down the line as well. But let's just ignore that for now. Lazio? Uh, Yapstam. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, what an amazing story, Yapstam is. I mean... The fact that I mean, if you, I was, I read Piers Morgan's book, and he tells the story about the serialization of Stam's book in I can't remember whether it was the Mirror or the News of the World or what, but it, it it got rid of him from the club. You know, it wasn't so much that he'd written the book; it was the fact that it had been sold to those papers and absolutely threw Alex Ferguson under the bus, and he was gone straight away after that, wasn't he, Matthew? Sorry, you caught me out there. I was I was going through my team, just double checking something. Uh, who was thrown under the uh, Stan was thrown yeah, under the bus by by Ferguson? Yeah. Well, uh, Ferguson got rid of him after the serialization of the book appeared oh, in the newspapers. Oh yes, I mean <clears throat> that was typical Ferguson, really, wasn't it? I mean, well, when I say typical, I mean he did it classically. Uh, a couple of players that ever crossed him, you know, were soon sort of taken away and never seen again. Um, you know, that kind of thing. I mean. He, Roy Keane, you could say, was sort of, I remember him questioning a few things on MUTV and then he suddenly got the bullet. And uh, But I think Stan might have been the first kind of real high profile one that, you know, that, that uh, spoke out against the regime and um, and found out the, all about the con- consequences of doing that. So um, and and a huge cost to the to the club, you could say. I mean, he, you know, he obviously had a lot, a lot more to offer, but um but you know you don't cross Fergie and get who away. Immediately replaced him. I can't. I can't think of the top of my head. Who immediately replaced Stam in the defence? Would it have been like Brown and John O'Shea? Yeah, and, yeah, and then Lauren Blanc. Lauren Blanc came yeah. in and had that dodgy spell where I think they lost. You may not lost a lot of games, and it all corresponded with a letter in Blanc's name, if I remember. I think it was something like Bolton, Liverpool, Arsenal, Newcastle, Chelsea. That's completely off the top of my head. Yeah, but it, but, uh, it sounds like it could possibly be right. Yeah, That's they, another pub quiz question. Yeah, yeah nice. I'm sure they dropped points in a period and it made the... I, could, I can see the um, front page of the goals 
pull out or whatever newspaper it was in and it was Blanc and it was those games. Could be a champions, it could be like Besiktas or someone like that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember that happening. Um, something else I remember about your back four, Joel, is one of my favourite just kind of quirks of football is when Mark Fish played for Cholton and he played in the back four that was Young Fish cost a fortune. <laughs> Very good. Like, Very amazing. Good. Or you could put Steve Brown in there and it became Brown Fish cost a fortune. Absolutely, <laughs> like, couldn't write that. I love it. I used to love that. Um, so, yeah, it was right, Mark Fish. Gary Kelly, another. you've got Kelly and Nielsen. That's like proper consistency there. Oh, yeah, that's uh, no, no messing about at all, yeah. Yeah, and that's a good bet for um, I'll go with mine then. I Mine's, this took me a bit of a rejig this morning because, yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll get to that in, in a bit. Um, Lucas Radibi from Leeds. I nearly, I nearly went in. Yeah. I've got a Lucas Radibi story. Have I told it before? I don't, don't think you have. Go on. I don't think we've mentioned him much on this show. Which is... when, we went, well, we went to, when I went to see Nelson Mandela, have I not told this story? We When I was living in Leeds in 2001, you definitely we told this story. I didn't realise Radebi was in it. <laughs> well, Lucas, yeah, he was um, captain of Leeds United at the time, so he was brought out first before uh, Nelson Mandela. <laughs> Probably got a bigger uh, cheer, to be honest. Right, yes. And then Nelson Mandela, of course, came out and said, hello, Liverpool, when it was Leeds, <laughs> yes. which was one of my favourite moments of all time. But yeah, Lucas Radebi was brought out that day, and, and also the reason why the Kaiser Chiefs are called the Kaiser Chiefs. Yes, of course, yeah, well, very well known. So I've got Radebi, Paul McGrath, who was uh, Aston Villa, PFA Player of the Year in 93, I think it was, even though they didn't win the league. Um, and then I've gone back abroad again. I've got Miguel Nadal, the big oh. Spanish defender, Barcelona, one club man, so key, one club man, and Paolo Blumenaldini. So with mm. like, one club man, Milan. Yeah, that was it. Although that took me, because there was many players I wanted to include that um, sort of went through the doors of Milan as well. But um, I had Colin Hendry in there, then realised he played for a club that we'll talk about later on. So that was kind of the start. Oh, and I had Stuart Pearce this morning, but that he was part of my rejig as well. Because um, it's those little tidbit clubs at the end. You think, oh, Pearce, yeah, Forest, Newcastle, and then he plays, and you think, oh, West Ham, and he had Coventry. And, yeah. We'll get there. But yes, yeah, so my back four, Luke Fredivi, Paul McGrath, Miguel Nadal, who is related to Rafael Nadal, uncle and nephew, I think. Oh, right. So, wow. Yeah, OK. The tennis player, I believe. And Paolo Maldini, obviously the legend of, of AC Milan, that one club men. Uh, Matthew, you're back four. Go on. Can I just say before this started, I obviously I'm not going to call foul here, but I, I thought it was just Premier League. I thought it was just uh, Premier League. Did you, sir? I, mean, I would have had lots, a lot less sleepless <laughs> nights had I known I could have gone into the whole of uh, Europe's back catalogue. I mean, I know, I, if I'd have done that, it would have been much easier. Oh my I just God, went Premier I, League. Did I say Premier League? I'll have to look back. Matthew, you tell me you're back four while I go and realise my glaring mistake. Well, it doesn't matter now. I mean, we've done it. Well, let's hope so. I mean, I'm cringe. I'm waiting here for someone to wave a flag as I read these out. But I've gone in no particular order. I've gone Stig Ingebjornaby, Liverpool, Norway. Nice. A 90s classic. Lucas Radaby, we mentioned him. Gary Mabbott. Tottenham in England. Oh, okay. um, Paul Bowden, Swindon and Palace and Wales. Wales. Oh, now famously, now, famously missed the penalty. Yeah, I did actually have Roland Nielsen in there. And, so did uh, I. <laughs> and then I suddenly, suddenly realised he'd played for Coventry right at the end of his career, did he? Was yeah. it the, was yeah, it the end yeah. of, was it about yeah. 2000 or something? It was. I had him down as a, a Sheffield Wednesday stalwart and I didn't realise it was lucky because I believe it or not, I've managed to get a, another Coventry player into this team. But um <laughs> It nearly caught me out, and uh, so I rejigged that back four. So I'm hoping that's all. That's going to get the green light. There's no um, no flags. It's all all 
No, I mean, if I, I, I was only using Premier League teams as well, so, you know, I, that's where Lazio's going to... I'm trying to find the text. Gonna... I still can't find it. I'll try and find it in a second. Oh, you can't, um, you can't find the text. I can't find the text. Um, it's interesting you've used your England player on Gary Mabbott, Matthew. Yeah, I thought where, that, yeah. Where did, where, I mean, I'm sure that, that will, the thinking will come in further down the line, but... I don't well, know was, if I'd ever get to Gary Mapper. In well, I, I don't know why I did myself, but I just thought it was, uh, I mean, basically a lot of the other players I wanted to pick weren't English. It wasn't, this team isn't based on quality, by the way, apart from one or two, obviously decent players, but it's very much based on who you, where you were born and who you played for rather than, you know, if you're any good. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no offence to anyone that might be listening, but um, a few, a few great players did get the hook purely because right. I suddenly realised that they, uh, you know, they might have been born in the wrong country or... They played, played, played one game for Southampton yeah. in 1999. So I had to tap on the yeah. shoulder and the bad news. I've just seen the, the screen grab that I've sent you both that Jamie Carragher put out. Get, I got sent this last night. It's tough. Best World Eleven that have uh, played. So, read the rules, people! Yeah, well, I think in a way we've done even better to... You've done very we, well, yeah. If we get through this, and I'm talking to give Joel plenty of time to rejig his team, because obviously he's made a mistake. But um, if we've both got through this with only Premier League players and only in the 90s, I think that makes it even tougher. I think that's that's all right, yeah. I feel like I need to go back now and make sure I'm replaced with the ones that I've got, because I feel unfair advantage I've got going into my midfield now. So um, we'll see. Um, Here's my midfield. I'll go first on this one then. Um, I've gone 4-3-3 as well. There's no rule as as to what formation. I've gone 4-3-1-2. Oh, hello. Con- oh, that's not very 90s, is it? Um, how about this for a trio? Um, Janinho, OBS. Yeah. J- JJ Okocha, Nigeria, Bolton, PSD, Fedebachi, Hull, randomly. No one ever yeah. meant to play for Hull. And Zinedine Zidane. Oh, I see. You know. Real Madrid, Bordeaux. So, Juventus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Juventus. Very, uh, very good. So, I mean, you're, yeah. you're going to need a ball each for them. That's the problem. There's not much grit in there, is there? No, there's not. I mean, you know, what you say that, Zidane can headbutt a few people. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Dish their sister or mother or whatever it was that Matarazzi did in that famous final. Um, I literally started with Juninho and one other player. So <laughs> I went, he's my Brazilian, which, you know, pains me because I'm a big Ronaldo fan, as in the original R9 Ronaldo. Um, I was watching some of his goals the other night after watching that Ballon d'Or thing on uh, BBC, and I just. If there's anyone to go one-on-one with a goalkeeper ever in football, I think it'd be Ronaldo. The way he used to fall keepers was just mind-boggling. But, um, yeah, I mean, we don't have to talk about Janino because we're going to do a finally do a Janino episode in the next few weeks anyways. But, yeah, he was my linchpin. Loved JJ Kotcher at school. Um, loved him with his like, kind of bleached ginger hair that he had at the 98 World Cup, I think it was. Um, begged my mum for a Nigeria shirt, never got it. Um, and obviously Zidane speaks for himself. Um, so yeah, they're my three. Um, so what have you got in your formation? So who's your? So you've got one up front, Joel. I've got two up front. I've got a four, three, one, two. Okay. So do your three for midfield then. Well, I've got. I have got a bit of grit in there. You see, I've got Patrick Vieira of uh, Arsenal I, and yeah. France. Obviously, a bit of time at Manchester City as well later on. Uh, another Juventus. Yeah, another one. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't take the foreign teams into account. You see. <laughs> Oh, not uh, even the clubs even as well. Okay. No, I just went Premier League. Um, <laughs> and then I went one that really, really obviously pains me. Chelsea and Italy, Roberto Di Matteo. Oh. And uh, and then just just because I didn't know where to go. I, and just for, you know, the games against Bayern Munich. Who am I going to say? The games against Jeremy Goss. Jeremy Goss, Norwich City and Wales. Yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's that's my three in midfield. Patrick Vieira, Roberto Zimatero, and Jeremy Goss. No disrespect to Jeremy Goss, but yeah, he's a uh, star wise. He's kind of outnumbered there with those two surrounding him. He? But, well, no. yeah, but that's all right. You know, we can afford a water carrier in this. Team. Of course, yeah, and he scored in the you know the Munich Arena. So fair play to the lad, and scored a great goal um, weeks later against Leeds, if I remember rightly as well. I mean, I've talked about this. I saw Vieira's second or third game for Arsenal. Uh, when Arsenal came to our place, and I just remember everybody going, like everyone realised straight away, like, oh God, this number four's got it, hasn't he? Where they got him from? Who's he? Oh, they bought him three and a half million quid from AC Milan. He was incredible that day, and and just a worthy player for Arsenal for so long. I really, really, really like the area, even though he has his uh, RC moments, shall we say? Yeah, no, I'm a big fan as well, but. There's a striker that I put in, which was kind of my second name on the team sheet, that meant I couldn't have any Arsenal players in the team. So, um, yeah, he was kind of vetoed on mine. But, yeah, an absolute sort of beast of a player, Patrick Vieira. I've just done a uh, feature for Kick Extra. It's a cheap plug. Um, the sister magazine of Kick, um, where it's superstars versus legends. And I got to write about Patrick Vieira, which was kind of nice. And I've mentioned what a brilliant player he is. Um, Matthew, what, what formation have you gone? Well, just before we go any further, I just want to say it wasn't the Munich Arena. Jeremy Goss scored, wasn't it? The Olympic Stadium. Yeah, 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 it was. You know yeah. What? I couldn't remember the name, so I just went with what came into my head. So thank you for correcting me. That's all right. Um, yeah, I've kind of gone for a 4-4-2, but uh, a couple of them are sort of could be attacking, uh, surging midfielders, if you want, yep. to, want to say that. Um, but I think I've got a good variation. We've got, I've gone for Janinho, so I think that's... Is that all three of us going, Janinho? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how I know, really, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. That's the full house. Um, by the way, you're doing a show on him, did you say? We yeah, we've be, got, yeah. um, on the, the, the Tom Flight book. Uh, who Tom Flight has done a book about uh, Middlesbrough season, the three-point season, the 97-98, which is a really, really interesting read, not just if it you're is, a fan. You sent me a copy of it. So thank I, you did, I, did, I did send you a copy of it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, but it also gets into the politics of the situation. And, and Tom's got a theory that we'll talk about when we get on that podcast. But he's got a theory about why it happened as well, which is not something that had ever entered my head, but I actually think he's correct. Have you got uh, Pontius Camart coming on that show, have you? <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully get Beck. Mickle back. Yeah, yeah who we're speaking to at the moment. So yeah, I obviously so didn't get the uh, I didn't get the memo for that one, but I think I'm busy that day. So yeah, I yeah, thought I'd will. give that one to you know. I think Joel. I don't think I have to sit in on that one. I might just stay silent and let Joel and Tom work that yeah. one themselves. To be honest. Um, so yeah, go on. Your so, four. Janino. Yeah. there for a bit of flair. I've also got a great name of the '90s and my other. This is why Roland Nielsen had to get the chop because I put Kobe Jones in there. US oh, classic Nike's name. Yeah, I mean that's saying something that I I felt basically you know everyone had to I had to sacrifice people just so I could get him in there. Um, what would be good is to look at the players on the cutting room floor, really, because I mean some of the names that have been. That have been well, I'm kind of gutted now that I didn't do a Premier League one because it sounds more fun than the names that I've come up with. Like, I think Georgie Kinkladze was going to be mentioned somewhere, wasn't he? Well, he's already. I'm just about to mention him. He's in there. Oh, so, there we go. So, uh, so far, Andy Tasker. <laughs> yeah, Georgie Kinkladze, Man City, and Georgia. Um, and then keeping the midfield together, I thought I need someone who's who's got a good head on his shoulders, who's experienced, who's creative, and who's also got a lethal eye for goal. So I thought I'd go for Brian McClare. Oh, oh. favouritism. Favouritism shining through. And uh, I, might make, I might even make him my uh, captain. So, oh, captain shocking. 
So, did you? Uh, what was that? What was that strange? Did you send us a strange video the other day that was post the nineteen ninety four FA Cup final where it's Chucky Paul yeah. Ince? Oh yes, yeah. It's uh, a classic. I'm sure, yeah. They're talking with Ray. They're talking with Ray Stubbs in what appears to be a box at Wembley yeah. Stadium, talking about the four nil, and they're all. And it is the most football banter lads chat I think I've ever seen if you're gonna to have to put it on if you put it on the I website I had, you put I it on Twitter maybe a few months ago before um I, I don't know I can't remember what sort of traction it got but I did actually put it on there a few months ago I don't know where um Matthew found it but yeah I'll, I'll happily put it up again it's, it's the, kind it's of a rare unco- uncomfortable Roy banter Keen. yeah Roy Keane smiles it's, it's great though because yeah. it does show that era I mean that was just after the cup final they've obviously just come off the pitch and they're on that sort of platform behind what looks like the, the old tunnel at Wembley behind the goal because you can yeah. some of the fans are still there sort of banging on the window and chanting but yeah it's it's uh it's brilliant the fact that you've got those what five four or five players straight after the game yeah Parker, the Palace the, yeah yeah I read that I was gonna say to Matthew did you not did you not pick Roy Keane or have you got another no, Irishman no, because I couldn't. I had to get McLaren in there, didn't I? So obviously, every, every United every United player had to sit sit this one out purely to get McLaren. Yeah, right. Your your friendship comes first. I like that. It's loyalty. Well, loyalty. plus he's a, he's a he can score as well as create. So oh yeah. no, no, great, yeah, great player. No, probably yeah. I was listening to I don't know I, I don't like plugging other podcasts on here, but uh, the Totally Football Show are doing their own kind of nineties rundown at the moment, which I've aired my grievances at but um friend of the show Matthew Davis Adams has been on it but they were talking about McClare and a bit and being a little bit saying he was used probably too much in the 90s probably past his sell by date but I still think he did a, a, a good service especially well, in the obviously I, I disagree with that because he I mean he started his career as a midfielder and then he would he was pushed up front and he, to so much of an effect that he, he was top scorer at Celtic for four years in a row and then when he came to United he scored 31 goals in his first Season so for a midfielder who's as a you know converted to a striker, I think uh, you know I think that's pretty impressive. Plus he was then able to go back into midfield as he got older, and I think Fergie kind of used him as a as the father figure to sort of school the young kids that were coming through. Quite often they would he would put McClare in there for those League Cup games against York and Port Vale and what have you, because he was the sort of uh, you know he would sort of nurture the young kids into the in, you know. So I think Fergie obviously respected him as a as a as a elder statesman, shall we say? So he he had a role to play on and off the pitch. Um, so yeah, that's enough for me. Singing <laughs> McClare's praises. But, yeah, you plug you plug in McClare's praises. Um, okay, well let's turn to, our attention to the. I was just going to say, just to confirm that midfield. So that was Janino Middlesbrough Brazil, McClare United Scotland, Kobe Jones Coventry USA, Georgie Kincladze City and Georgia. So I think we're still all. Yeah, no, that's yeah. yeah. I've kind of lost track now, especially because we've both got all the rules mixed up. So no, it's still fun, though. We'll keep going. Um, so up front, Joel, your two were um, Alan Shearer of Southampton, Blackburn Rovers, Newcastle United, and England. And uh, yeah, this is where I've gone wrong. But Jurgen Klinsmann of Tottenham Hotspur, Germany. Oh yeah, because of Casey uh, Keller, the bastard. Because of Casey, Casey <laughs> Keller's uh, threw threw well, me under the bus put- on more than one occasion. You could put a foreigner in there now. Now you've known that it's a world eleven, so you can stick Gabriel Bastier in there, who I had in this morning, but I had to um, get rid of him because I realised he played for Inter Milan alone for about three games, and I was like, 
Um, it, this so. is all out the window, you know. It's it's ridiculous, but obviously, I mean, Shearer, another one that pained me to put on there, but um, he's the best striker there's ever been in the Premier League. I mean, that's it. Officially, um, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just so happens that he's completely deluded and thinks that Newcastle United is a massive club um, when they should be and they're not. Um, but I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, fair play to him. If that's what you want to do, if your dream was to play for your favourite club. And that's what you wanted to do. Fair play for you, you know. And he'll have earned, you know, a fortune up there. And the adulation that he got, he probably wouldn't have got at Manchester United or Liverpool or, you know, if he'd have gone anywhere else. So, you know, fair well, play. Also, John, I, I think, sorry to jump in, but I think I've said this on this show before, that it's easy to look back and think of Newcastle as a bit of a joke. But, I mean, at the time, they probably were the club in the ascendancy. I mean, United looked like they were over the hill. They'd got rid of a lot of their players. They brought in all these young kids that everyone thought were never going to win anything. And, you know, Newcastle were making noises. They had the sort of talisman of a manager and they were buying these these top players and they were building a side which many people thought could challenge for the title. So in a way, I know Shearer sort of come out and said he probably he may have chosen United, but it's not as ridiculous then as it seems now now with hindsight it does seem ridiculous but it's it... no it did seem like it did seem like it was when Paul Lintz went to Liverpool as well and he was seen as being the player that they needed to sort of kick on and as it turned out he wasn't and he and they didn't particularly but Shearer was seen in that sort of similar mode when he went to Newcastle um and I think didn't Ronaldo go for about the same about two days later or two days before or something I, I'm yeah, sort yeah. of getting my it was on, he said it on, on the um, on that show. We, we, we played him a lot, actually, mate. The match of the day at the moment. He said that Bobby Robson told him that he wanted Shearer at Barcelona and Blackburn wouldn't sell at that point. And so Nuke and Barcelona went out and bought Ronaldo instead. So, I think that was probably the right decision. <laughs> I, think, I think they did all right. I think they got the better end of the deal in the end. Well, they wasn't there for very long, was he, at Barcelona? I think it was like a season. Then he went to Inter Milan because of a contract um, dispute. But his stats at Barcelona for that era are mind-blowing. I think it's like 40-something games and 40-something goals. It's crazy. And they won the cup. I didn't even win the league. I think mean, they won the Cup Winners' Cup. But, yeah. Um, well, I've got Shiro in mind, so that's a nice segue to that. Um, he has my England player, obviously, Blackburn, Southampton, Newcastle. Um, and on either side of him, I suppose, uh, the, the second name on my team sheet, Mr. Dennis Burkamp, which is why I couldn't have Inter Milan, but obviously Ajax, Arsenal, no player like him, best foreign of the Premier League's ever seen, blah, 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 I've said it a million times on here before. Um, it was his birthday in the week and I couldn't help resist putting that goal against Sunderland. Yeah, I think it's a cup game where he kind of, he does something with his feet that I can't even work out, kind of pivots and pivots again, then curls it in the top corner and then runs away with his hand over his mouth. It's just genius from Bergkamp and then obviously to fill out my front three technically this was my only cheat because he was born in South Africa but played for the United States of America I may have mentioned him a few times on here, <laughs> here Mr go. Roy Wegerly yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. get in but, but he played for a lot of clubs which, which really was screwing me so Chelsea QPR Coventry Blackburn Luton which you know didn't get mentioned obviously sorry Matthew um, but Jeez. yeah so, <laughs> so Burkamp, Shearer, Wegley, which I think is a tasty front three. I, I, I would take that every day of the week. Um, Matthew, complete our um, kind of similar lockdown 11s. Who have you got from? Yeah, I'm frantically just double checking. But I mean, obviously, I thought this was Premier League, so it shouldn't matter if they played for <laughs> anyone else. But I'm I don't think you, they did. I'm with you. I don't think they did. I've gone a forward lineup of Dennis Burkamp, Arsenal and Holland. Yep. 
and Gianfranco Zola, Chelsea and nice. Italy. Nice. So well, skill in that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, who would? There's no big target man there. There's obviously no. a lot, but um, who needs one when you've got no. talent like that? So, yeah, I mean, what more can you say? You said it all about Bergkamp. Zola, obviously, a you know pivotal import in the Premier League era, but uh, you know, I mean, you can't, you can't, you'd you'd have to be a decent player to force your way into that front two, I think. So, uh, I'm I'm pretty pretty pleased with that lineup. I think yeah. you could have had Noel Quinn for a big man instead. He's Irish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, but they he, played for Arsenal. Played for yeah. Arsenal, so I wouldn't be able to get Burkham. See, this yeah, is the problem. You know, every I know, time I cracked it, I know it's fun. That's right. There's a lot of names I chucked out. Um, obviously, try it at home and tweet us at AK90s your teams. Maybe try both ways round. Maybe we've come across another eleven outside of Carras. My, my rules, my rules were they kind of played for the same country or the same Premier League team. Premier League team. And they've got played in the 90s. That was the rules I went for. And I still managed to fuck it up. So, you know, it doesn't matter. Does well, I'm going to go back and do and rejig mine so it's just Premier League. So that means I've got to find three players, four players. So I can have Neville Southall. There you go. Neville Southall instantly because I haven't got a Welshman or an Everton player. So I can get rid of Campos and put in Neville Southall. So then I just need two defenders and a midfielder. So I'll rejig that and I'll we'll do Premier League and... Maybe I'll put them on Twitter. Maybe I'll do some sort of graphic if I have time in this ever-changing world. Um, well, that's fun. So, yeah, do um, pick your 11s and put them on Twitter to, so we can have a look at and see what names you can come up with. Um, the only other thing I wanted to quickly discuss with you gents on this kind of sort of neat, tidy show we're doing in between some of the themes that we're trying to organise at the moment is I got sent another email. We may remember long-time listeners of this show. You may remember Tim, good old Tim, who sent us a uh, sort of combined league ladder of teams in the 90s and yeah, Tim was the guy that backed me up when I said Luton were a top 90s team um, yeah. was, so Tim, Tim, yeah. but they didn't re- they didn't finish in the final 20 though did they if I remember rightly I'm not going to dig out Tim's table but I think he's actual sort of table where he totted up all the points and wins and stuff I think Luton just missed out on the definitive top 20 of the if I remember rightly we met him didn't we I mean he's not yeah, we did. Uh, Jumpers for goalposts last summer. Um, but so it's, someone's been in touch with me. His name's Andrew Sheech, which I think is how you pronounce his surname. Um, and what he's done, um, he says, thanks for replying to my message. Long time listener. Love the show as, as like you love the 90s. I've gone through the decade that changed football forever and worked out what the points totals will be for each different brand of football kit that was worn in the <laughs> between January 1st, 1990 and December okay, 1st. So- 1st. 1999. Well, that's got, well, hold on. That's got to be Umbro, the top, hasn't it? Okay, well, go through it. And created a, a league table as well as individual season points. There's also some fun facts. Suffice to say, QPR were a lot of different brands and were a lot of brands um, for a top team too. Um, so, yeah. Um, he's So, what he's done, he's gone by season, I see. So, if you're in an Umbro kit and you won the game, three points, blah, blah, blah. So, if I get up the tables he's got. Um, so, cumulatively... Of there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen teams and brand makes that make up the final table that he's. I uh, know oh that's the ninety ninety thousand season. Where's the final one? Oh, there we go. Twenty nine, sorry, twenty nine okay. different um, makes of kit. Oh, are we going to play mallets, mallet here with brands? <laughs> so I don't know. Do we want to do it that way? Or ha- guess how many? Um, who, who finishes in what? I mean, you, you've got to right, look let's, at the let's do let's do mallet to mallet with it. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you've already started by shouting out Umbro, haven't you? Umbro, yeah. Which oh. are the top? They are the number one champions of the 1990s. 
Um, 3,720 points across the 10 years. Obviously, Man United being their sponsor for all of the 90s. Yes, all of the 90s. So that would give them their... Um, oh, the, the, the Adidas for the first two years. Yeah, no, the first, first two years of the 90s. Oh, cool, sorry. How can you forget slap that blue and white spe- spec? I know, slap my wrist, because that's one of my favourite kits of all time. Idiot, the one right? That, the, one that, the one that won the Winners' Cup in, yeah. yeah. No, the one they won the Rumbleys' Cup in, the Maple Leaf shirt. It's one of my favourites. I, I thought they won uh, the Winners' Cup in that as well. No, or white. white. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're, no, you're right, you're right, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do we'll do the top ten, because otherwise we'll be here for, forever doing... So you mean, top- so you mean... I, I had area in my back pocket, and you're not going to let me have uh, Area are 16th in the league. So that doesn't count, do that. And their top team over the decade was Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, do you want to throw a name out, Matthew? Um, well, we've had Adidas, and we've had Ambro, and we've had area. So I'm going to go Hummel. Hummel, 10th. So we had four points, and their, their top team was Wimbledon. Crikey. Which is my very early 90s, because a lot of the, I remember they made their own kits for a lot of the um, second half of the decade. I think they had ASICs as well, which is, who were third, since I've mentioned them. Thanks, thanks for mentioning that. That was my next uh, show. <laughs> ASICs in third place. Blackburn Rovers, their top team. Um, Adidas, you mentioned there. Liverpool top team. You know what I'm going to say? P- yeah, Pony. Pony. Fourth place. Champions League. Yeah, West Ham United was their top team over the decade. But yeah, for, you wouldn't have thought that, would you? Above Puma Pony, and Reebok. But Pony, QP, sorry, West Ham above Tottenham. Because didn't Tottenham have a Pony but kit? They from... did. I think they didn't have it for as long as West Ham. I think ah, right. what Tottenham had like two seasons, I want to say, and West Ham may have had more. Um, let's do a couple more then, because we're getting a bit more obscure now. Matthew, throw out a name for me. Well, I was going to say Asics. Well, Matt, were match room 90s or was that match winner? Is that match, what you're thinking? Is it match who, winner or match room? 22nd they were and 40 points. Notts County were their yeah. top team. Um, and then go on, finish the pot, Joel. Uh, Reebok with Liverpool Re- yeah, and Re- Bolton Wanderers. Aston Villa, their top team. Sixth place in the in their cumulative table, 555 points. Um, really quickly, the top tw- from top to bottom, from bottom to top, Spool, Saints, CSE Garments, Fila, Loki, Viewfrom, which was just QPR, All Sport, Match Winner, Avec, Core, Nutmeg, Brooks, just QPR, Influence, just QPR, Era, Lotto, Clubhouse, guess what, just QPR, Lecoq Sportive, Fox Leisure, which was just Leicester, Bookta, um, and then the top 10, which were Hummel, Admiral, Nike, which we didn't mention, which was, I think, just Arsenal in the 90s. Ribeiro, Reebok, Puma Pony, Asics, Adidas and Umbro. So thank you very much for that, um, Andrew. That was quite good. He did have some stats. Where are those stats? Let's have a look at those quickly. Um, but kind of interesting sort of cumulative table. I'm, I like those sort of things that we mentioned here before. I've lost the stat bit now. Where's it gone? There it is. Um, let's look at the preview. This is not good audio. Four seasons when the kit manufacturer champion was different to the actual league champion. May United were the top umbro wearing team, even though Chelsea and Everton wore the brand for the entire decade. United only wore it for 7% of the, no, seven and a half years of the 90s, sorry. It's locked down, my brain's not there. Uh, one season wonders include Brooks, Avet, Nutmeg, Core, Matchwinner, Loki, and a few others. QPR with four different brands, as were Wimbledon. The only teams were Nike when Arsenal was, I thought. One other team brands were Clubhouse, Influence, Lotto, Era, and Fox Pleasure. So there you go. Well, there you go. We know about kits now. Yeah, I, well, I, he, we did. I did think about doing a whole show on that, but I think that was probably enough to do, to go through that. And I think we've done a lot of kit pods. Well, well, um, 
I mean, Nike didn't even get into doing kits properly until after the 94 World Cup. I've yeah. just read a really good book called Sneaker Wars, which is all about uh, Adidas versus Nike versus uh, Puma versus everybody else. And uh, th- there's a big section about kind of the, the crazy, can I say corruption? Yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it was going on. And uh, yeah, it's a really interesting book, Sneaker Wars by Barbara Smith. And uh, you should be able to get it on Amazon. And if you're into that sort of kit world and and the battles and the wars that went on, it's right the way through from just before World War Two till I uh, think about when Beckham went and signed for LA Galaxy. So it's oh, it's pretty good. thorough and yeah, very good, very interesting. You can get that for about six quid on Amazon. Just to finish off on Andy as well, he does actually say as well, um, thanks to you guys for creating great content. Tell Matthew that I'm a fellow Red and Chucky was one of my favourite players growing up. Um, you know, maybe straight on the phone. <laughs> The amount of people that tell me that, and you know, you you mock my. I did never but, mock it, you know. <laughs> but you know, he was a, a pivotal part of many teams and over many years, and a lot of people, a lot younger than me, uh, are very appreciative of what he did. So maybe you could, uh, you know, respect that one day, as Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I very much respect it, Matthew. Um, he also said, Joel, tell him I, I went on the stadium tour of the Riverside in 1996, where I met Viv Anderson, Gordon McQueen and Jamie Pollock. Well, Gordon McQueen's a very tall man. Gordon McQueen hit on my ex-girlfriend at, at uh, Hayley McQueen's wedding. The North East <laughs> is so small. It's like a village. Uh, Jamie Pollock is quite a big lad these days. And it wasn't it the um, anniversary of, of the goal the other day. Yeah, yeah not that long couple last end of last month I think it was the greatest own guy of all time yeah I think that's the most retweeted or like tweet I've we've ever had on AK90 it's, it's hell of a goal being fair it's a great goal pretty much relegated Man City and saved QPR absolutely brilliant voted um best the best person outside of Jesus or bigger than Jesus in a QPR poll it's in the book it's in my QPR book go and get it if you're a QPR fan it's out of date but don't worry um so yeah so thanks again to them for andy for that um he lives in glen roths in foyf the home of golf in scotland apparently so there you go um, and thank you very much for listening hope again we've given you something to do in this weird time um during lockdown um put, put, put the 11s on on twitter tell us who you picked both premier league and world 11 as the original text was um, thank you very much to my favorite people as well um joe it's another week it's another twitter handle so it is indeed, yeah. find you now uh it's uh underscore yes that's that joel underscore yes that joel on twitter and on instagram and i haven't even been given a warning yet for mind well, you i've been know. i haven't been know. dropping any c-bombs or anything yeah. so uh they can't keep around. up with you that's why i mean it was <laughs> yeah. only two it was only two weeks ago it was archie's dad wasn't it it's the same account i just, <laughs> changed, just changed the handle I don't have to keep changing the Twitter bio, so stick with that, will you, please? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, Matthew, you're on brand as always. Where can people find you? On brand as always, because I don't offend anybody. You know, that's, <laughs> that's I'm just, you know, Mr. Vanilla me. Uh, but you can find me at Matthew J. Christ, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. By the uh, way, before I go, um, we're about two and a half months away from Top of the Pops going into the 1990s. That's another podcast, isn't it? Should we should start a whole new podcast, Top of the Pops in the 90s. I'm sure someone's done that already. Yes, that exists. Yeah. yeah I, I thought you, you better keep your uh, Twitter account clean, Joel, because you're going to yeah. be on fire for that uh, <laughs> first couple of weeks. For the 90s ones, yeah, yeah. Well, we're up to 89 now, so I keep going. We're, like, when they do the chart rundown, I go, bought that, bought that, I've got that. <laughs> bought that bought that you know i was like where was i getting the money from then i realized i did that thing that i think we all do when we're at school if we don't if we're not running betting syndicates at school that is of not spending your dinner money and saving it for yourself for yeah. the weekend or for records or whatever yeah, full on that man usually on stickers 
yeah as well um thank you much gents um thank you again for for listening i've been ash rose this has been alive and kicking um follow us on twitter at ak90s and ak90s pod on instagram and until next time keep it 90s Alive and kick-